All right, hello, Rockwood Ward, and welcome to the first episode of Building Zion in the Rockwood Ward. So, I am Brother Riano, I am the host, and as you know, this podcast here will be interviewing different members of the ward, the Rockwood Ward, and learning about their life stories and where they come from and everything about them. So, just to get the podcast kicked off, because the big question was, who do I interview first? And I thought, what the heck, I will just basically interview myself. I put together the list of questions and everything that I'll be asking everybody. And I thought I would just go ahead and, you know, basically give you all my answers first so you can get to know who I am. And then I'll be able to go out and interview everyone else and see how everyone else is. So... That's the basic premise of it. So these questions that I'll be answering are the same questions that everyone else uh, will be offered as well. Um, So here we go. The first question on the list. What are two or three memories and thoughts about your childhood that stand out? So when I think about my childhood, I grew up in California. I was raised in California until I was about 16 years old. Uh, The Bay Area, Antioch, it was about 45 minutes east of Oakland, there and uh, when I think of my childhood, uh, I grew up in scouting, doing a lot of scouting stuff. I loved Boy Scouts, Cub Scouts, all of that. Uh, I remember we used to do backpacking. We'd go to Yosemite just about every summer. Climbed up to the top of Half Dome like five times, I think it was. We were all over the place. I loved backpacking, backcountry type stuff. Uh, we hiked up to the summit of Mount Whitney, which is the highest point in the contiguous United States, so I was able to do that. That was like a 22-mile round trip, I think it was. I think the elevation, I'd have to look it up. I want to say it was low 14s, 14,122 is the number that comes to mind, but anyway, that's that's pretty tall. Uh, but yeah, so that's, you know, as far as childhood, those, those are some of my best memories was the different scouting, the different camping, uh, backpacking, all that kind of stuff. Uh, when I was 16, we moved to Tennessee, and my dad worked at a DuPont plant that made Freon in California. And, of course, Greenpeace started marching outside, and everyone said, you know, hey, they can't shut this plant down. The world needs Freon. My dad said, ah, I don't know about that. So he went ahead and moved to Tennessee to another DuPont plant. And about three years later, they shut that plant down in California. So that was a good call on his part. Um, but, yeah, so then I ended up in Tennessee, you know, did my senior year there at McEwen High School, and, uh, yeah, and then went on from there. So, that's my childhood, you know, got, uh, there were eight of us kids, I was the second of eight kids, and, uh, unfortunately, just the way our family dynamic was, we're not real close, any of the kids, you know, I've got two sisters live four hours away, and everyone else lives, like Utah and Idaho, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's one of my goals, it's kind of, try to improve those relationships a little bit as we go, but that's it. So, so that's in a nutshell is, is my childhood. So I'll move on from there. Uh, the second question, how would you describe the development of your faith? So when I was thinking about this question for me, um, I, I was raised in the church, right? Uh, my dad, uh, joined the church when he was, I think 18, uh, my mom was in the church her whole life, right? So so I was raised in the church. And for me, it was never a stretch. You know, 
having faith is one of the gifts of the Spirit, right? So that's, I think that's one of the gifts that I've always had. I've never had a problem at all uh, believing in Joseph Smith, believing in, in Christ, believing the Book of Mormon, uh, the Bible, all of that. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's never fazed me at all. So I remember the, when I went into the MTC, uh, you had to go serve a mission, the Missionary Training Center, right? And I'd read the Book of Mormon before going in, and, and again, you know, I knew the church was true, but they always talk about, you know, having that, that, that personal witness, that strong, you know, everyone tells their, their, their big story, right, where, where they prayed about it, and, and, and they received this big grand answer, this great feeling, this overwhelming, you know, all, you know, there's all the different stories. Well, I never had that, and that's something that, that I wanted. Again, like I said, I knew it was true, but, you know, I never had that big moment, that big feeling just wash over me, you know. So, so I was there in the in the in the training center, and I thought, you know what? Here we go. I'm just gonna, you know, pray and just ask for that big, you know, try to try to get that big big feeling, that big experience. And, you know, for for days I would pray and pray and pray, and I kept getting the same answer, just a very simple, yes, it's true. You know, it's true. You've always known it's true. And that's just that's what just kept coming to my mind every time I'd pray about it. Of course it's true. You know it's true. You know. And so after a few days, like I said, I kinda stopped the thought, yeah, you know what? I think that is my answer, obviously. I know it's true. So why do I need to question it? I don't need the a big, you know, angels coming down and all that. It wouldn't change what I know to be true. So yeah, so that's kinda when I say, you know, how do, how did my faith develop and all that, you know, I just I always knew. Now I I know more now, stronger now, deeper faith, all of that. But that that baseline was was always there for me. So so I feel blessed in that. But at the same time, I'm kind of envious of the people that do have the the big grand experiences. But hey, life is a big grand experience, right? So I'll move on from there. Uh, what role has missionary service? Played in your life, or what role do you hope it plays in the future? Okay, so as far as that goes, um, you know, I, I did serve a mission, uh, served a mission in from late 1996 to late 1998. I served in El Salvador, San Salvador West. It was a Spanish-speaking mission. You know, great experiences there. Uh, learned a lot. Um, unfortunately, I was, you know, I was a kid. I didn't know what I was doing. You know, this kind of thing. You know, if I was to to go back now, it'd be a whole different story. You know, I didn't know what I didn't know at the time. But yeah, so so that was a mission. Um, I mean, just kind of standard standard missionary life uh, kind of thing. Um, as far as since since the mission, you know, I've always looked at missionary work, I have a hard time. I am an introvert, naturally. So I consider myself to be an extroverted introvert, right? So in doing serving the mission and, you know, in my job and all this stuff, I've had to come out of my shell. I've had to force myself out of my shell um, to become more extroverted. But naturally, I am still introverted. I'd be more than happy to just, you know, be off by myself, you know, go live up in a cabin in the woods and then be out of society completely. You know, I'd be perfectly happy with that if I never had to interact with people. But, you know, that's not life. That's not how it works out. So, 
you know, like I said, I've, I've learned to, to step out. But as far as missionary work goes, when looking at, at the, my introverted nature, it makes it tough. So what I've always tried to do is just be an example. Tried to let my light shine, you know, be an example of Christ. And, you know, hope that other people could be my witness of Christ through my actions and through what I do and how I, how I treat other people and how I present myself. Um, you know, always invite people to, to just come along. Hey, we're doing this service. We're doing this project. You know, we're, we're going to this activity. You want to come with us? Uh, you know, that kind of, that kind of thing. I have a much more difficult time with missionary type lessons and such, but, um, but yeah, that's how I, I've always done that one. But when looking at the the role of missionary service, I just look at service in general. I've always thought service is, is a key ingredient in my life. Being able to serve other people is is something that that really blesses my life and and it helps me to be able to to show love to everyone. So that's something that that I've always tried to tried to live. Next question is: What family relationships have had the most impact on your life? Uh, like I said, you know, my family growing up wasn't real close. Not that we don't like each other, just not real close. Um, just how it's always been there, even with extended family, anything like that. So, so really, when when I look at, at family relationships and have an impact, of course, I've got Catherine, my wife. You know, we got married in 1999. I met at Rick's College uh, after I got home from the mission. I went to Rick's College. My first semester there was her last semester. And, you know, met, I think we uh, knew each other for a couple months and then dated for about five weeks and got engaged. And then about two months later, we got married. So, you know, pretty pretty quick relationship. But, but yeah, being able to, to, to build that bond with her over this lifetime. What have we been married now? 22 years, I think. I don't know. I have to do the math. But, um, yeah, I think it'll be 23 here shortly. Uh, but anyways, but yeah, so, so that, that relationship there is, is, is huge for me. My patriarchal blessing, you know, talks about, uh, you know, of course I got that done before, before serving the mission and all that, but patriarchy, he, uh, one of the lines he said in there is, uh, you know, he's talking about getting married and all that and talking about mentioning, you know, having kids. He said, uh, uh, make no assumption as to the number or timing of spirits that will come into your family, for they shall come. Uh, you know, so just looking at that, like, whoa, okay. You know, of course, again, as as an eighteen year old kid, you know, that's one thing. But you know, then to see that play out in my life, um, you know, we got married. You know, had Aaron right away, and then you know, she does one kind of birth control, and then doesn't work. Here comes Eddie, and then another kind of birth control, and here comes Jake, another kind of birth control. Here comes Tommy. You know, so. So we, at that point, we're like, okay, obviously we're meant to have a bunch of kids, look at patriarchal blessing. Yeah, it's, it's pretty natural there. So stop doing birth control for a while, and here come the three girls. And then she thinks, you know, Catherine's thinking, you know what, I need a break. I'm tired of being pregnant. Let's uh, do some more birth control. And then here comes Aaron, not Aaron, Lincoln. And yeah, so then, you know, we have Lincoln. And I can't remember if it was at that point. She's like, okay, yeah, we'll just play it out, you know, see how many more we get. And then we had Philip and Howard. 
to to round out our family. Um, but yeah, so the kids are kids are great. We got some really good kids, and and they are a true blessing in my life. You know, again, just like with my own brothers and sisters, you know, I don't have a real close relationship. You know, that's again part of my introverted nature and whatnot. Uh, so I'm really trying to uh, build a better relationship with my kids and what I had, you know, with my parents and 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 my siblings. But you know, of course, that's that's tough for me. But I'm working on it. Uh, so the next question: What role has a temple and family history played in your life, or what role do you hope it plays in the future? So I mentioned, uh, you know, Mary and Catherine. We got married in the temple, in the Boise Temple, and we were just talking earlier tonight about the blessing that an eternal marriage has been in our lives. You know, just knowing, having that that future look on what what we're working towards. We're, it's not just a marriage for, for right now. We're not in it for ourselves. We're in it for for our family, for for the kids, for their kids. It, it's an eternal uh, eternal relationship and having that perspective definitely has changed how we how we treat each other how we treat the family how we how we look at everything and, and how we operate yeah so the, so temple marriage is, is absolutely wonderful and I've, I've been a big fan of that as far as other temple temple work in general just before Rebecca was born uh, I got a call from the temple president to ask me to be I was called to be a temple ordinance worker uh, so I got set apart just after Rebecca was born. Um, got set apart as an ordinance worker. Uh, do a lot of the Spanish sessions. Again, I know Spanish from you know living in El Salvador there as a missionary. Um, but yeah, so I've been an ordinance worker for a long time. I got released for a short period of time when I was young men's president and scoutmaster and elders quorum president and working full-time, plus a bunch of overtime and all that. And I was missing a bunch of my uh, temple shifts. President uh, Barber at the temple there, he called me up and says, hey, how about we go ahead and release you? you got a lot going on. So, so he released me, and after a couple of years, a lot of that got straightened out, and I was able to go back. So I've been, been back to the temple for a while now, uh, again, serving as an ordinance worker. And that, is again, is a true blessing. I, I do love working in the temple. Um, on the family history side of everything, um, I am a huge fan of family history. I love it, absolutely love it. Back in probably you know 2000, 2001, started started getting into it, and family history has changed so much since then. Um, it is so much easier. There's so much more, so many more records available, and so many more options, research options. But the, the the thrill of the hunt, you know, just finding these people, finding these names, finding records, being able to prove everything. You know, I'm I'm a stickler for having sources. I may come across, you know, a name and I'll think, hey, I think that person belongs in this family over here, but I won't add them in. I'll make notes or whatever until I find documentation. I want an actual source showing what's there and, and showing these relationships. So I'm, I'm kind of a stickler for that. But yeah, I absolutely love family history. Uh, doing that, it's, it's, I mean, just making the, the discoveries on my own family, being able to help other people on it, uh, cousin lines, in-laws. You know, I've got, I've, I've worked on lines 
where it's, you know, one of my ancestors got married, well, I work on that in-law line, and then one of those people get married, and I won't follow their spouse's line, and that just kind of branching out, just anything I can do to find more more to do is, is really great. And it, it really excites me. I do love family history. I love working with, with other people on it. Um, from here, the questions roll into more uh, professional life work type. Dezo, what is or was your professional life like? Um, so it's my profession. Uh, for, for the longest time, I just, uh, I just changed jobs. But for the last 17 years, I was a security police officer for the Department of Energy. The way I tell people is, is basically uh, I stand there with a machine gun and grenades waiting for terrorists to attack, right? Protecting the, the nuclear materials and whatnot. They're there at the, at, in, in Oak Ridge. Um, so that's how I, how I kind of looked at that one, but it, it was a good job. It, it, there was a lot of overtime. I was able to, to earn a lot of money to support the family. I didn't actually care for the job. It was very boring, but it provided for the family and it gave us what we needed. So for that, I was, I was very, very thankful. Um, before that I, I worked, uh, uh, University of Tennessee police department. I did, uh, work there for four years while I was going to school. Uh, University of Tennessee, got a, a bachelor's degree in Spanish literature. Because, uh, again, I already knew the Spanish. It was just a matter of uh, taking the classes and, and pushing through. But, yeah, so then I went, uh, went into Oak Ridge, security police officer, did that for a long time. Um, about, about 2018 or so, I got to looking at it, and I thought, you know, I need to, I can't stay a security you know, uh, security police officer forever. Um, I need to try to transition into something else. So I, uh, I went to school, did an online Bellevue University, 100% online, got a master's degree in security management, and started looking at other options. Well, I was finally able to roll into another position at Oak Ridge National Laboratory. Uh, so I'm now the program manager for the classified material protection and control. So that's what uh, that's kind of what I do now. I'm responsible for all the, the protection of the classified materials and how it's all handled and marked and protected and everything. So I've been in that job for two and a half months now. So far, I love it. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's, it's very detailed. Uh, you know, I have to think through a whole lot of things, uh, opportunities for, for training other people on different different topics. So it's, it's, it's really suiting me well. Uh, I do enjoy it. Um, unfortunately, there's no overtime, which is good and bad, because now it's straight 40 hours, so I have a lot more time off. Um, the downside is I can't just work extra and get more money to pay for things. So, you know, makes makes budgeting a little bit tighter. we got to be a little bit more careful, but the Lord will take care of us. I know he will, and, and everything will work out, work out well. Um, but that's, that's, that's my professional life there. Uh, what influenced me to take the professional course that I did? Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, it's a lot like uh, it just kind of happened. Things just lined up for me. Um, you know, uh, when I was, I was going to University of Tennessee, and a friend of mine, Robert Hervey, he was working at the police department, said, hey, they need security guards. Okay. I got a security guard job, and then hey, there's a, a dispatcher spot opened up, so I rolled into that. 
and then a police officer spot was open a year later, so I got a job as a police officer. Um, you know, I was doing that, graduated. So after 9-11, we had positions open in Oak Ridge, and I was able to slide over into one of those where I stayed, like I said, 17 years, and then I was able to get the job that I have now. So it just kind of happened that way. You know, I was kind of kind of directed step-by-step step, uh, through it all. So, you know, nothing, nothing fancy, nothing really planned long-term even. It just kind of kind of fell out, and it worked that way. Um, the next question, what has nurtured your testimony the most during your adult life? So looking at that, um, in, the, in the most recent past, uh, last, last couple of years, has been the, the Come Follow Me program. I've really, really enjoyed the Come Follow Me uh, lessons, the, the setup, uh, the way everything is all tied together. Um, with the different uh, curricula, everything works together following this, this one pattern of the Come Follow Me lessons. And I think that's brilliant. I absolutely love it. Um, something that's been, been very helpful for me. Uh, I mentioned service earlier, and that is service. What can I say? Service is how I, service is how I can show love for other people, and it's how, uh, it's one of the ways that I feel closer to my Heavenly Father you know, by serving other people and doing that. It really, really stretches me and, and helps me, you know, helps nurture my testimony and helps me be better, you know, being able to be there for other people and, and do things that'll help. All right, the next question. What life experience has caused you to trust most in God? All right, so this one, I'll get... Uh, uh, real personal on this one here. Um, unfortunately, I was uh, exposed to pornography as as a kid. I was elementary school. I remember I was still still pretty young, uh, exposed to pornography, and that turned into a problem through most of my life. It's something that I've I've had to fight for a long, long time. Good days, bad days, good weeks, good months, good years, bad months, bad years. Um, it's been a, a constant, ongoing battle for a big chunk of my life. You know, I ended up uh, going to the uh, addiction recovery program, uh, going through going through a lot of those steps and working all of that, uh, and and that was an absolutely amazing experience for me. Um, so the question is, what caused me to trust most in God? Um, going through that. How can I say it? You know, the whole the, the scripture of, uh, you know, where, where God gives them weakness that will be humble, right? Make weak things become strong. You know, that, that whole concept uh, is, is what I'm thinking right now. Where that has been a, you know, uh, a, a problem in my life, but it was something that I was able to, uh, I mean, for a long time, I would fight it and fight it and try and willpower and all of this. And I finally come to the to the, to the realization that I cannot beat it by myself. I cannot win alone. Um, I need Heavenly Father. I need Christ to take that from me. And and that's a big thing. I, my, my, that was my big takeaway from the addiction recovery program is just seeing that and, and how it all plays out. And I was able to basically give all of that over to Christ. You know, that I am not good enough 
I am not enough to to beat it on my own, and I needed him. And that, you know, seeing that, going through all of that, and and just trusting him was 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 a great experience. And you know, um, I'm sure it'll be an ongoing struggle for me for my entire life. But you know, I've been clean for a long, long time now, and and it's been been wonderful. And I I thank him every day for it. You know, so so in a way. I mean, I don't want to say that it was it was good that I had to go through that, but it's good that I went through that and was able to come out the other side, and and now I have that experience and I have that deeper relationship with with Christ and with my heavenly Father because of having that trial and that adversity in my life. You know, it's it's kind of a, a double thing there. Uh, I, I look back and look at all that time that I lost on progression. Um, because I was, you know, failing and failing and failing and falling down and falling down so many times, but Christ was always there. He was always there for me, and and He knows me. He knows I was trying, and you know, He finally, uh, you know, I was finally able to just give in, give in completely to Him, and and He got me through it. Uh, the next question: What do you love most about the Rockwood Ward? All right, so the Rockwood Wards, we've, we've lived in, in Rockwood seven years now, coming up on eight years, uh, coming pretty close to eight years now. Um, Rockwood Ward is very unique uh, as far as, um, you know, wards in the church. Um, I love how welcoming the ward is. Um, it's, it's a very, very friendly, you know, welcoming, feels like family. It, you know, you walk in and people greet you. Uh, I've been in a lot of wards where it's it's more, you know, just quiet or, or you know, reserved or whatnot. But, but Rockwood is very, very open about everything. Um, so so that's, that's what I like best about it. Um, if you could have any calling you choose, what would it be and why? So I'd say at this point my, my ideal calling would be uh, award, temple, and family history consultant. You know that would be that would be my ideal uh, calling. Because again, you know I love the temple. I love working at the temple as an ordinance worker, and I love family history. Being able to do that, and being able to help other people, and you know share my love of family history with others uh, is 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 great. That that's one of the one of the joys that I have. So I think that would be a, an excellent calling. All right, the last question here. If you could send one message 100 years into the future for your posterity to hear, what would it be? So I was thinking about this, and again, just one message or, or whatever, but um, I would tell them how much I love Catherine, how much I love my kids, how much I love the Lord. Um, and then I would, I would want them to know that they can always trust the Lord, that Christ will be there no matter what, no matter how bad we are, how much we fail, how many times we fall down, He's there for us, and He will help us get back up. We just have to put our trust in Him. We have to stay on the covenant path. We have to keep pushing forward, keep, keep trudging along, and eventually... He will give us the strength to to climb out of whatever hole we've dug ourselves into. So, so that's that's 
that would be my message for everyone. Um, so the last thing on here says, you know, what, what other questions and anonymous listeners should be covered? At this point, I don't have anything. I think I need to go ahead and uh, just wrap up. But, but I appreciate everyone that, that listens to the podcast. Um, I, like I said, the goal is to interview everyone in the board. So um, please reach out to me and we can get this, something scheduled and I'll get over and we can sit down and, and talk about your answers to these same questions. But um, just want to share my testimony with everyone that you know I do know that that Christ is my Savior, He's my personal Savior. Um, you know He created the heavens and the earth. He 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 knows everything, but He knows me. He He is my friend. He's my Redeemer. He He's helped me out so much. Um, I know the Book of Mormon is true, right? It testifies of Christ. Uh, the the prophets the uh, just everything about the church um, I love it it's it's really been a great support for me um, helped me through a lot and you know no matter what life throws at you you know as long as you're focused on Christ focused on the end goal right just stay focused on that and everything else will work out okay. And I just want to share that with everyone in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So thanks again for listening, and hope everyone has a wonderful day. And we'll see you on the next, uh, next podcast.